every single week I get to do this. I said I get to do this. I learned something on social media this morning. Some people say, oh, man, I got to go pick up my kids or I got to run to this meeting or I got to. Yeah, but what if we look at it, we frame it differently and you say, I get to do this. I get to go pick up my children. I get to go to that meeting, right? Wordplay. Is it wordplay or is it semantics? I don't know, but it makes you think of things differently. This is your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. Coming at you, whew, out of breath. You know why I'm out of breath, everybody? Because I come up two flights to get to the attic, just below the roof. That's where I hail from. That's where this studio, if you'll bear me that uh, <laughs> the freedom to call where I operate from a studio. But this is where I hail from, my attic. I do this particular program every single Friday morning. Do a couple things with the leaders of nonprofit organizations. If I haven't said it, the show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I might not have even said it yet. But if I haven't, I just did again. But here's the deal. I get this opportunity to meet with leaders of nonprofit organizations. I think today is episode 117 or 118 of an idea that I had, a figment of my imagination. And now I get the opportunity every week to do this show, to live out. I used to laugh when people would be doing a job and saying, I would say, hey, how you doing? And they would say, living the dream. And I knew they weren't really living the dream. They would just say living the dream and they would really be... Uh, you know, doing a job. But I found out that this hour that I carve out, and, and in particular, many hours I get to hang out in the nonprofit sector each week, but this particular hour is incredibly important to me. And I am living a dream here, man, because this is something I came up with and it's something that I do every week. The two things we do is I help the leader of the nonprofit tell their story. And I, as I like to say, amplify their message, amplify their message of how critically important the programmatic work that they're doing, the community involvement is that they're doing. And really, especially when we talk about an organization like we're going to talk to the CEO of Variety Boys and Girls Club of Queens here this morning, my friend Costa, we're going to talk about the impact and the change on the trajectory of young people's lives. We'll get into that in just a couple minutes. But before I even go in, I got a couple things I got to say in a, in a second, but I want to just say good morning to you. So it's not like you're you're lonely. I don't want to leave you. I'm so lonely. I don't want you to be lonely. Costa Constantinidis, what's up, brother? How are you? Hey, Tommy. How are you, brother? Great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to have you on. I will say this. If, if you're only listening on the podcast world or streaming somewhere, I will. you don't get to see my great Variety Boys and Girls Club hoodie. I will tell you this. It is not hoodie weather right now, but you know what? I'm taking one for the team. It's about 75 degrees, probably 80 degrees here in the attic. But I wanted to wear my hoodie, and I'm and that's you got sometimes you got to tough it out, Costar. You know that's just the way it is, right? Yeah, yeah, you know you got to make the you got to do the hard work. That's it, brother. <laughs> you got to get me one of these next time. I got, got the uh, I got uh-huh. the variety. I got the the polo. Oh, so that's the polo. All right, so let me. So we have a whole bunch of swag. All right. I love swag. I really do. I'm a big fan. It's not a requirement that I get free stuff, but I do like to get when people hook me up. But it's funny. Like I said, um, talk about free stuff. I was out with you for a tour. Shout out to Uncle Brendan Levy, my buddy from the Queens Chamber of Commerce. And he took us on a tour with you and your team. And it was really, really special. And I just made a comment because you had the hoodie on. And I was like, oh, man, that's a really cool hoodie. I love hoodies. The next thing I know, you go into the back and you got like seven hoodies for those of us who were on the tour. And everybody got a hoodie. It was like that Oprah show. You get a hoodie and you get a hoodie and you get a hoodie and everybody gets a hoodie. And and which which was so like generous of you. And we appreciate it. And I appreciate I'm rocking it, man. I rock it all the time because I love to wear a hoodie. It's, even in the summertime when it's cool out. 
you know, shorts and a hoodie, nothing better than that. But you didn't come here to hear about my wardrobe, everybody, or maybe you did. And if you did, I could keep talking about it. Let me know. Um, here's we here's a couple of things I wanted to point out before we get into our conversation about your background, cost of the organization, the work they do. I want to shout out a couple of things this week. What is it when you're the nonprofit sector connector? Let me tell you. Wednesday night, I was in the city with an organization that's a client of ours, our firm, Vanguard Benefits. We do the benefits for Exponents. This is an organization down in uh, lower Manhattan, Battery Park. What a great view of Liberty State Park and the whole, the whole thing down there. Um, they work with individuals with mental health issues, with substance abuse issue, issues, and people uh, living with HIV and or AIDS. And this is a 35-year-old organization, had a wonderful time with, with the leadership and the, and the folks there, and there, there was awards given out. That was Wednesday night, only to go Thursday morning to with lunch uh, lunchtime, a luncheon with Transitional Services for New York, TSINY, out of Queens, serving 4,000 individuals with mental health issues in the city. I left that event, brief time back home, to go to a gala last night with an organization called Tigerman which is a special education or a, a community of schools that serve the intellectually and developmentally disabled. And that's a shout out to my buddy, Scott Horowitz from TD Bank, who's on the board there and invited me to be his plus one. And uh, he was a great guy to hang out with last night. We had a nice time, met some great people. But that's what it's all about. It's about putting the, the names out there, shouting out the organizations, letting everybody know. That's what Philanthropy and Focus is. It's my opportunity to tell you about these organizations and the great work they're doing. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. So that is certainly something that I am, I am very mindful of. Later in the month, we'll have um, Matt Kudish, the Executive Director, CEO of NAMI NYC, the National Association on Mental Illness, and he'll be on the show to round off the month of May. So, Costa, without further ado, really, let, let, let's get into it. I mean, City Council member for a number of years, very involved in the community. I mean, I could read some of this stuff. Just you help secure millions in capital funding towards this reimagined clubhouse, which you're going to we're going to be talking about today. Sixteen thousand kids are going to be served by the organization at that point. We can get into the the building that's coming. I saw the plans. I had that opportunity to do that, and I was blessed to be a part of that. Just to see the vision of what you all are doing, and you know, and um. Uh, you, I met some of your board members there. Um, Walter Sanchez, right? Walter, yep. is mm-hmm. the board chair. Yes, the board, yeah, board president. Yeah, board president, board president. Yeah. Um, so, so we can get into all this today. What I really want to start with is who are you, sir? Where'd you come from? What's your background? What are you doing? And how do you get to this point where you're leading this very important organization? Yeah, um, Tommy, thank you. I, I really appreciate being on today and, and philanthropy and focus. You know, you guys, non-sector connector, you do your thing. And I, I really appreciated your coming out to the club and touring with us and getting to know me better and get to know our organization better. So the fact that you took the time out of your busy schedule for us, I'm super grateful, brother. Thank you, brother. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I grew up in Astoria. You know, I, I've been here my whole life. Uh, my, I went to PS 84, 122, Bryan High School. My first job was on Genovese on Steinway Street. Genovese, yeah. <laughs> wow. We used to have Genovese, man. There used to be one in New Hyde Park on Hillside Avenue. We used to go to that Genovese. I remember Genovese. Yeah, I, I worked right on Steinway and 30th, uh, 31st Ave back in the day and put myself through college, going to, you know, at, to Queens College, working as a manager at KB Toys. Because right. I dropped out of college twice and started college when I was 26 years old. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, put myself through college, went to law school, 
And while I was in law school, they plucked me to go work at the city council. I was legislative director to council member Darlene Mealy and then council member Jim Gennaro, um, whose wife, uh, Wendy Path Gennaro, is, does great work. You know, Wendy, very, very well, QCP and all the work she does with, with the population, uh, adults with intellectual developmental disabilities. Shout out, Wendy. Love you. We got to get Terry from uh, Terry Ross from, um, from QCP on the show. But so, right. So Wendy married to Jim Generis, who you worked with. Yeah, worked for Jim for six years. And then I ran for office myself and, um, you know, spent six years, I mean, eight years as a city council member. And it was a blast. It was, it was a blessing in my life to serve the neighborhood I grew up. And I'm raising my own son. Um, he learned to swim at the Boys and Girls Club. My mom uh, actually worked there. It was her first job back in the workforce 30 years ago. She worked there for about a year as a bookkeeper. Um, so I knew the Boys and Girls Club well. I was supportive of, the, of their outfits while I was a council member. And then I get a phone call one day from Walter Sanchez saying, hey, uh, I know you're looking to transition um, from public office. I know that you're, you know, you're dealing with some real serious stuff family-wise. Would you consider it? And wasn't on my radar. Like, wasn't even something I was thinking about. <laughs> right. And I, I thought he was calling me for a completely different reason. And the more I gave it thought, the more I thought about, you know, how, how can I, you know, help this organization? How can I, you know, still serve my community that I love so much and a part of my whole life has given me so much? How can I do that? And then I was like, well, you know what? This is the right fit. This is the right fit for me, my fit for my family, the right fit for the neighborhood. I, you know, I'm going to take this gig and run with it. Um, so I was very lucky to, to, to take on this, this new role. And now I've been CEO of the Boys and Girls Club for two years. Two years, like, like, a, like a blink of an eye. I want to go back. We're going to get way into the Boys and Girls Club and, I, you know, just the obvious impact on the community. But I want to understand sort of this trajectory as, as a council member. Did, you never really saw yourself in office or did you, did you like, did you think about that? Was that like a goal? Did you, did you look up to people in the community who were, you know, people who were activators or activists or politicians or, or, you know, somebody just, we had um, assembly member Linda Rosenthal on another program I do. We call the professionals and animal lovers show. And she, the word she used, she did not use the word politician. I believe she, by design, she used the word elected official. So did you see yourself as being a potential elected official one day? Talk to me about that. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, you've seen the, the Matrix, right? Yes, I have. Uh, and, you know, when he like, you know, when he fights the agents and he like jumps out, he saves Morbius and he jumps yeah. out and Morbius just turns to Trinity and says he's starting to believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's what it was for me, because I never thought about being a public servant. I, I was a kid who dropped out of college twice, who was like started college at 26, who went back to school to give it one last shot and said I was going to be, uh, a, you know, uh, I was going to be a lawyer. That was the plan. And then I started helping people. And the more I started helping people, the more I decided that's what I really wanted to do. Um, so it just was a trajectory of how can I help? And the more good things I was able to accomplish, the more I felt I could do more. And that kind of led me to think about, okay, I'm going to run for office. And I'm, you know, I knocked on 12,000 doors in my first race myself because I went door to door to door saying, it's a job interview. Yeah. I want you to hire me. I want you to do the things I'm going to do. And here's the things I want to hear from you that I can get fixed. 
in that in that let me just look it up real quick it's a it's uh 22 right new york city council 20 district 22 yes it is how how many constituents do you have how many people you knock twelve thousand doors which first of all i'm a salesman i've knocked on a lot of doors <laughs> i don't know if i've yet knocked on twelve thousand doors in all my life of sales that's a lot of door knocking you, you get bloody bloody knuckles when you're knocking on that many doors but tell me about shoes. that Right. Yeah. You got to wear sneakers. I always, I used to say like, you know, as a wise guy, when I'd have a sales manager come out with me, I would say, Hey, listen, man, we're going to be running around the neighborhoods. We're going to be in Queens. I need you to wear sneakers. I don't think you should wear dress shoes. We're going to be moving a lot. You know, we wore dress shoes anyway, because we wore suits, but anyhow, so how many constituents are in that district that you, that you were a public servant of? There there were 160,000 constituents of that. Um, you know, we were expecting somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15,000 people that were going to vote. Okay. Um, so we were, we were, I was trying to talk to every voter, uh, that, you know, we knew were going to be, uh, you know, and some that weren't, we were trying to talk to as many people as possible to get out the word and say, Hey, look, uh, we want you to come out. We want you to be part of this process. We, you know, we need, you know, we, I want to be your voice. The only way I can be your voice is that for me to engage with you and have a conversation with you. A hundred percent. We are going to go to a quick break, but that's what I'm hearing from you. Like you, you use these words, public servant. You, you said, I wanted to serve the people. So yes, you were out there looking to kind of drum up quote unquote business, right? Get the, get them to, so they knew who you were, but ultimately with your vision, if I could just be so bold to guess, you wanted to know what they needed. So you mm-hmm. weren't there, right? Saying, Hey, vote for me. You know, you were, you were like, what do you like? What's important to you? Cause you have, you have to understand what's important to the community, right? Yeah. I mean, the first press conference I had was um, on garbage because what I heard at the, on, the, on the street was that we needed garbage pickup. We needed the streets cleaner. And actually, then my first thing in office that I did is I brought in the Doe Fund um, and ACE to clean our streets, like who good nonprofits that hire um, you know, formerly incarcerated men and women um, who give them a job back in the workforce to sweep the streets of Astoria. So that was like my first sort of like action was, you know, because this was people told me they knew they wanted. And it was like, you know, that was a win for the neighborhood. How fundamental gang, right? How fundamental can you keep the garbage off our streets? Yeah. That's what we'd like you to do. Future city council member. Like that's what they're at. That's what the people are asking for. I'm not familiar with ACE, but I certainly am familiar and aware of the Doe fund. Maybe we could talk, you know, about them if we have time later on, but just, you know, the, the collaboration that you, you create as a public servant. And now as a leader of this organization, it goes without saying that, that you are a public servant. Look, this show is called philanthropy and focus. We take a couple breaks throughout the show. Costa Constantinidis, and I've been practicing that. How am I doing with the last name before we go to a break? Oh, you're doing awesome, man. You know, uh, you know, no one's, you haven't called me Costco yet. And, you know, no, I will not. I will not call you Costco. <laughs> I will not do that. I, I asked you when we started the show, I wanted to say Costa. You said Costa. So I have to write it out. It's Costa. You got it. You got it down. You got it down. I have to write it down. So, all right, we will be right back. We'll jump right back into this important conversation. Right back. Philanthropy and focus. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his <coughs> Join me in my attic. I don't know if you know the singer. I mean, you do know the singer of that song, Costa, but I don't know if you know who. That's Brendan Levy from the Queen's Chamber of Commerce who made the introduction to you and I. I don't know if you know that he's a singer in a band. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> just um, So just last Thursday night, uh, Brendan and the Damaged Goods, as they're now called, performed at Bourbon Street in Bayside, Queens. Uh, shout out to the gang at Bourbon Street. Shout out to TSINY because... We raised a few bucks that night for TSINY, Transitional Services for New York, which I mentioned earlier. But Brendan and the team, uh, they, these guys, they rock and roll, man. And years ago, two, three years ago, I asked him, I said, look, can, I need a theme song. Can you make a theme song? And he and I wrote the lyrics, but he's the singer. But uh, the other night we were out together in the city. I took him to that event I mentioned earlier. And on the train ride back, we were singing the lyrics to my song. <laughs> much, to, much to the disappointment of the other riders on the Long Island Railroad. But it is what it is. This, so I'm reading my notes and, you know, we talked about the the outreach from the community, as you were council member saying, we need to, we need to address this trash situation. Right. And then later in your or maybe it was earlier on, you'll have to tell me, but you you became the NYC Environmental Justice Advisory Board. You became part of that board and also part of the economic development, uh, the New York City Economic Development Board and 44 bills were part of your your uh your background and what you impacted the city on climate change. And one of this was these climate mobilization act and the renewable Rikers act. Can we talk a little bit about that? You know, because obviously, you know, this background and the connection is to supporting climate, uh, supporting the climate change and, and the effect on the city is certainly important to the constituents in the city and, and folks, residents, as well as people who come to work in the areas. I mean, I mean, it, it was really personal for me. Uh, you know, my son um, got asthma very young and I had never had asthma, um, but I watched him have to take a, a pill, a vitamin, uh, a, an allergy medication, um, something to settle his stomach. He just took all that stuff and then have to put a nebulizer on his face every morning before he went to school. And, you know, he wasn't the only kid. I mean, there, you know, the, the asthma rates in Western Queens are above the Queensboro average. 
So when talking about climate change, it wasn't about just fighting big picture climate change. But it was also like all the fossil fuel in our neighborhood, all that production was coming at a cost to our family's health. Yeah. Um, so we were you know, looking to go go greener and you know, helping to move away from dirty fossil fuel and building a new industry, going from Asthma Alley, where we are, to Renewable Row and all these great renewable energy projects you now coming into the neighborhood. Um, so I was very passionate about fighting climate change. We did, you know, we worked super hard on the, you know, the Climate Mobilization Act, which was the largest emissions reduction policy in the history of any city in the world. Um, and then we, we worked on you know, uh, the largest environmental justice bill in the history of the country. Um, we worked on, uh, and then we went to Renewable Rikers. When Rikers closes, uh, it'll transform into a renewable energy hub with, with uh, solar and battery storage, with uh, 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 wastewater treatment plant, with organics, uh, uh, anaerobic digestion. So like that was a huge part of my work. And I was really grateful to be able to do it. So when I left the council, I couldn't quit city work. I couldn't quit this. So I, I, they asked me to join the EJ advisory board. Um, they asked me to join the board of directors of the Economic Development Corps. Shout out to our borough president, Donovan Richards, who asked me to do it. And, you know, he's a great advocate for Queens. So shout out Donovan. Oh, it's his wife's birthday today. So happy birthday, Tamika. We're family. Happy birthday. <laughs> but, like, you know, he asked me to be on the board. So I'm more than happy to serve the city any way I can. I love that. I, and, and I think that's what it is. I mean, I wrote down in the middle of my paper that I'm writing public servant. And, you know, that was because you said it earlier, but it's going to continue to pop up for me because I think it takes us into variety in the work that you're doing there. But just as a kind of a frame of reference for those of you who may be listening to this program and are not familiar with New York City and are not familiar with Rikers Island, Rikers Island is uh, the largest jail in New York City. And as Costa sort of uh, mentioned there, will be shutting down eventually, right? I mean, that's that's on the docket to to close down the jail. Yeah, by 2027, it's supposed to be closed. And we have a unique opportunity here um, to close, you know, to build all this infrastructure. And it's going to create thousands of jobs, thousands upon thousands of jobs in the borough of Queens, you know, rebuilding a, a renewable energy hub there that can be transformative and, and make, make it healthier so we don't have as much fossil fuel and as much pollution in the air. Yeah, I know, um, you know, I have a friend of mine, Michael Pardis, who runs the Bronx Community Development Initiative up in South Bronx, and he's been on the program here. And, you know, certainly in parts of the Bronx underneath, like if you the cross Bronx Expressway, you have the apartments there and things like that. And it's not good for folks, man. People, young people are, are getting sicker than people who are not in that neighborhood and not in those areas, you know, and it's just, you, you know, we have to address these things because this is you know, social determinants of health, right? We talk a lot about that, you know, and and to your point, you know, 35, 40 years ago, growing up in Astoria is different than now, right? There's more yeah. cars, more trucks, there's more industry. And, and you know, listen, we are not anti-business, you know, certainly not, but we got to find better ways to do business, right? That That's the thing. Exactly. That's what it's about. So I want to talk about, let's get into the organization a bit. You know, you, you, Walter reaches out to you. Shout out to Walter Sanchez. Big... Uh, media guy in Queens, owns a bunch of papers, does This Is Queens Borough for the Queens Chamber of Commerce. Um, tell me about that. He calls you up. You think it's about something else. You say, yes, I'm in. And you and like two years, I, for me, I want to say went by like a blip, <laughs> but I haven't been doing the job for the last two years. I've been doing other things. For you, it might not have gone by like such a blip, but what? tell me about your day in and day out. I mean, again, you're 
you know, you have, uh, if you give us a lay of the land, maybe in Astoria, you got the projects in Astoria, right? You have the three buildings. Maybe we can kind of set the stage as to kind of establishing the need for this type of community center and how important it is. Yeah, I mean, so we were opened in 1955 um, by Judge Charles Vallone, uh, Peter Vallone Sr.'s dad, was wow. one of our founders. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, this guy, Salah Hassanine, who was an Egyptian immigrant, who actually rose to be the president of uh, United Artists International, um, you know, uh, Ann Bueller, uh, and a bunch of other, you know, uh, Cubby Broccoli, who's the executive producer of James Bond. Um, they all got together and said, all story of people saw that kids didn't have a productive place to go, saw that there was gang violence in the neighborhood and that they wanted to do something to combat it and give kids a safe place to go. So they, they, they raised $500,000 to buy the land in 1955. That's a lot of money. That's like $10 million now. Like, uh, you know, dollar for dollar, like, you know, through inflation. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so we stand on the shoulders of those giants, right? Like they came in and like did this work. And you're right when you say, you know, who we serve, right? Our kids, uh, we serve everyone. Um, but our kids, west of 21st Street, you have the largest public housing development in the country in Queensbridge. You have Ravenswood and you have Astoria houses. Um, those three, you know, those three developments, uh, you know, all of our kids, um, need a place to go that's safe, need a hot meal, need help with their homework, need a place to go where they can find their passions and find their dreams and, and just be kids, right? Play ball and do art. And, you know, after my wife died, um, you know, my, my 10 days after I took this job, my, my, you know, my wife passed away. Oh my God. My condolences, man. Thank you. But my little boy, like he found, solace in the boys and girls club doing art with miss lives and he's like a sports kid like he loves like throwing a baseball like that's his his if he could live on a baseball diamond that's what my little boy would be yeah. but like he that's where he wanted to be he wanted to be at the boys and girls club doing art with miss lives and that was and so many kids whether it's a fa- you know family member passing on or someone losing their job or you know things happening in their family life especially after covid like this work became like so, even more important than it was before because we are uh, that lifeline of these kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so it's just, all right, I, I got to just go in one direction real quick. Well, yeah, you're, yeah. You're in Queens. You got this little boy. He wants to be on a baseball diamond. Please tell me you're a Mets fan. And so, <laughs> please, right. I mean, we have to yeah. say, you have to say that, right? Now <laughs> uh, we love being at, we love being at City Field. We love right. being there. Uh, you know, he's he's pitching and at the to the Elm Jack Eagles, which is not that far away from City Field, like over by uh, uh, another great nonprofit. Shout out to Vinny at uh, Elm Jack Little League, okay. uh, right right between the airport and uh, and and the entrance to Rikers. A great little league there. They serve like three hundred kids. So he pitches for their travel team, fourteen U. I love it. You know, my my son is not a pitcher; he's a first baseman. But we had, nice. yeah, but we were on the field the other day, and my wife says, "Hey, he's going to pitch." I said, "What do you mean?" And she overheard <laughs> the coach talking to the commissioner. Literally, he plays travel ball too, and but this is like the town league. You know, you got the town league, and you got travel ball. And right. all, you know, and uh, so he was pitching, and and they like him to be a pitcher. So you know, actually, my uh, my business partner Ed Probst, and uh, you know, founding uh, partner of our firm Vanguard Benefits. 
was a was a pitcher. We're all big Mets fans, but we, he pitched um, at at New York Tech out here on Long Island. We should get him to meet your son one day. Maybe throw his his son's a pitcher too. So anyway, nice. pitch it. Look, you know what? Having a kid get out there on the ball field, having them get away from some of the other nonsense, which I want to talk about in the next segment. When we come back and. It is you know that's why these leagues are so important that's why the boys and girls club is so important that's why big brothers big sisters is so important right it's yeah. there's a lot of things that i'm going to get on my soapbox i can feel it so when we come back from a commercial break i'll get on my soapbox real quick and talk about the ills of the world and the challenges and and set it up to what what the programming of an organization like yours is all about and the importance of it so why don't we just do that i just keep talking about it why don't we take a quick 90 second break post on tommy d in the attic philanthropy and focus Variety Boys and Girls Club. We are right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Living the dream, man. Living the dream. That's what people say sometimes. And I tell you this, at least for one hour a week, I'm living the dream. I get to meet with another leader of another nonprofit organization. And I've told you this before. I need to do the show more often, selfishly, because I really feel good when I do it. And selflessly, because there's a lot of people I need to talk to. And if I only do it every Friday, I got to live for like a thousand years. And I mean, even though I... uh I take good care of myself. I don't think I'm going to live that long. So let's uh, let's figure out a way, gang. Help me out. How can I do the show every morning before I start my day with other things where I do another episode of the show? We'll talk about that. All right. I shared the website while we were coming back from break. BGCQueens.org. B as in boy, G as in George, or B as in boy, G as in girl, C as in club queens.org why don't we do it the right way kid so that's the website check that out all right here's here's the thing um we know about that society the way it is sometimes both parents have to work 
or maybe there are not two parents in the household and one parent is is required to work just because that's what we need to do to survive in a capitalist society we need to go get that money that often you know most jobs don't end at 245 you know when when school lets out or 315 there needs to be some support if it's not an after school program in the community listen I'm going to just rattle off these things that scare the hell out of me right now, or it's not just so one scares the hell out of me and the other concerns me. Fentanyl. I'm terrified. Okay. Mental health. We need to talk about it. We talk about it a little time in the show and substance abuse in, in a general um, discussion really is, is keeps coming up for me. Um, Costa, this organization is there to give these young people the safety. You said a hot meal, somewhere to do their homework. You know, I've never been involved with any sort of gang or anything like that. But, you know, the word gang, you know, young people might be looking for community. And if they're looking for community, they're going to go where people are supportive of them. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the gang is something that turns into criminals. But it's people that are looking out for each other. Unfortunately, sometimes they do get in, in these spots and they do, you know, they do criminal activity. So we need to find ways and, and create and support organizations like yours that are doing the work that from four to six or four to seven or three, what, where they're coming somewhere, where they're going to get somebody that's going to sit with them and do their homework, where you can go get, take swimming lessons and you can get involved in arts and craft that I, having walked through the existing building I got to see some of the areas where the where the young people can hang out. You know, we all had lunch together in that big multi-purpose room you have. But if I remember this, like graffiti, not graffiti, like graffiti, like criminal graffiti, but like murals, graffiti murals on the walls and stuff like that in the in that um it's like a gymnasium auditorium area because I took some pictures. I gotta look at my Instagram. Again, we were talking earlier today. Twitter's not so much my game, but I'm very uh with my ADHD, taking a picture of something is very easy. And I could just then put it, hey, look at the picture. It's worth a thousand words, maybe some more. All right. So let's talk about some of that stuff because there are a lot of scary things. There are a lot of challenges for our young people to deal with. There's challenges for our old people, older people to deal with. Talk to me about that. What is the day in the life of somebody who, you know, they come out of school and they come to the community center? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they, kids come to us anywhere between 2.30 and 4 p.m. every day. We're a free program for, for the most part. Um, you know, we, you know, give them a, a hot meal right off the bat. So Chef Rennell is in, in, the, in our theater with our food. Um, there are snack, healthy snacks like apples and, and oranges and things like that. You know, they don't want a meal, but they can have that too. Uh, we don't know if they're going to have a hot meal when they get home. Uh, so we give them that hot meal every day. And then we have, we have power hour, which is our homework help. And, you know, that usually runs between ages six to 14, you know, elementary and middle school. And they have the run of the building after that. They can do sports. They can do arts. They can go to the dance studio. They can go to the teaching kitchen. They can go to chorus. They can go to the STEM room. They can go to fashion club, uh, you know, and they can spend their afternoon, um, you know, doing all of those things and being a kid and seeing what inspires them and, catching that passion, whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, then about six o'clock, uh, some of our younger kids, you know, that, that age group starts rolling out and our teens start rolling in, right? Our teens start showing up about five o'clock and we have snacks for them and a PlayStation and Xbox and basketball. And, you know, they'll be, our building is open till 9 p.m. So for our teens, we're there for them till 9 p.m. 9 p.m. I found, by, by the way, this is a, 
gang, this is so that's the picture I'm talking about with that wall, you know, with the yeah, sorry if you're not watching, gang. If you're if you can't watch, go to uh tommyd.nyc on the Instagram. But you got that really cool mural in it was it in that community room that I'm talking about, the theater, or is it somewhere else? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's in the theater. Um, but we have it, you know, we have some, some beautiful art outside and the art in the in the in the in the theater is done by the kids, right? This was inspired by them and done by them. Yeah. So thank you for that. So let's so the hot meal, help with homework. The younger the younger folk, the younger kids you know, it can go to programming throughout STEM, artwork, music, chorus. And then, you know, even the, the older kids have can stay till nine o'clock at night, you know, because, again, either they they could go home. Their parents are home from work at that point. However, there's there's all this opportunity for them to collaborate and socialize. Right. And socialize in a supportive setting. Right. Costa. Yeah. I mean, and, and with the teams in particular, we start mixing in some other stuff, too. Right. So we have. You know, SAT prep and resume building, college readiness and uh, financial literacy. And, you know, we start mixing in all these other elements that, you know, if even though, you know, they may decide oh, I'm here because my best friend's here, I'm, you know, we try to meet one where they are, right? Wherever, whatever the reason is they're there, um, we try to make sure that we give them, expose them to as much thing, as many things as possible. They're like, oh, you know, I want to take the SAT. What is that all about? And then they're in the SAT prep class. And and it just kind of gives them that window into that future that maybe they want. Tell me a story, if you could, about, you know, uh, we can, as they say in those old shows, you know, the names are uh, left out to, or the names have been changed to protect the innocent or whatever. You know, I remember those shows like Dragnet and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, you know, tell me somebody, you know, in your experience, you're there two years. I'm sure you've seen some life changing stuff in your time. But having the history of the organization being in in, in operation for 65 years can you, and, I, and I'm, I have to be very certain that a lot of folks come back, you know, and say, because I think I even asked you this on the tour, folks come back who whose lives were impacted by Variety Boys and Girls Club of Queens, and now they're doing things professionally or otherwise, and, and they want to bring that back to the community. So talk to me about some of the big wins and successes, if you could. So we've had, you know, I mean, there are two of the people, I'm, you know, there's so many stories, but two that I'm really proud of. We had this young woman um, who worked for us, who actually was a club kid. She came back and worked for us and she was putting herself through school because she really wanted to become an attorney. And she had a goal of becoming a judge one day. And, you know, she recently left us because she started work as a paralegal at a law firm. Wow. That's great. And, you know, here was a young woman um, who had been with our program all the way through had come and been our, uh, you know, our greeter, our, our front desk. Uh, everyone in the building loved her. And it was sad to see her go on the one hand, yeah. but it was also so exciting for her because we knew that, you know, she was off to go fly to do these amazing things, to become an attorney, to go off one day and be a judge. You know, you know, we have another young man who I gave him youth of the year when I was a city council member. There's a picture of us together when he's like 13 years old in the club. And he work he went all you know went all the way through high school and college put himself you know went to engineering school being one of our maintenance staff no kidding and then you know recently graduated and became an engineer it's awesome and he still comes and hangs out on saturdays with the kids and you know with with our our athletic director cp and they've become very um close friends over the years but like he's you know he's come back now and, and coming to help out and says you know says to the kids hey you, you know, you know me, 
I used to work here. I used to be a kid here. And now I'm an engineer. So like you can do it too. Like that, those are the kind of stories that really kind of inspire me as, as someone who works there. It's like, you know, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think we have to continue to see people in, in these leadership success. It doesn't have, not everybody has to be an engineer or an attorney. You know, there's plenty of great city jobs that people might want or the jobs in the trades. We certainly need more jobs in the trades. I know where yeah. we don't have enough um, uh, people in the trades. We hear this a lot. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, I, I stand on this uh, kind of on this platform saying, I don't believe everybody is necessarily has to go to college. You know, it's yeah. great if you want it. And that's your, if that's your scene. And I will tell you, you said it twice on this show, Costa. And uh, I'll tell you. I was on that program similar to you in the college program, you know, like I flew out of uh, Nassau community college, went to Baruch in the city, but was tending bar at night uh, and living in Nassau County. Needless to say, it was very difficult to get to a seven o'clock class when I closed the bar at 4 a.m. So, um, so that didn't work. So, so, so good. So eventually uh, the Baruch said, Hey, Tommy D we'd like you to move out of the way and make room for another student who's actually going to show up for class. And they didn't exactly say it exactly how I just said it. They just said, they just said, you actually don't go here anymore. But I did finish up at SUNY old Westbury and, and got a degree in finance. And I will tell you though, it's, I was on that longer program, but it's not necessarily for everybody, you know, but if you, if, if you as an individual want that college degree, or you're going to go into a profession that you need to go do it. If not, there's so many other opportunities. And I think it's, again, it's about seeing people in these roles and seeing and getting exposed and getting access to these opportunities and positions. I mean, I'll give a shout out because <clears throat> I want um, I want to find a way to get our organization that I sit on the board of the Spirit of Huntington Arts Center connected to variety because I think there's some opportunities in what we do. One of the things that's really important, you were a community arts center. And actually, we're going to be doing some work with uh, TSINY, which I've talked about. We're going to be doing some work with Venture House, which is a um, clubhouse, a mental health clubhouse setting in Queens and with also space in Staten Island. But with, with Spirit of Huntington, one of the major things they have is, is an artworks program <clears throat> for young people who are aging out, who have intellectual developmental disabilities, to have an opportunity to learn digital artwork, graphic design work, website design. They just did our rebrand for my company, Vanguard Benefits. And it's there's so many different tracks that we can go down in life. And, and I was listening to somebody this morning that like, we don't have to just do one thing. We can try so many different things. You're an attorney, right? You also were a city council member. Now, I mean, I have to guess whether you're in this job for the next 10 years or not, you're, there's a lot of other things you're going to be able to do. There's a lot more impact you're going to be able to make on the community, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I also, I, I adjunct at Queens College too. I try to give back in that way, which is a lot of fun. Wow. Um, but, you know, you, you try to, you know, there are, like you talked about before, to go back to that, I mean, yeah, a lot of our kids, some of them want to go to college and we're, we're there to support them in that endeavor, whether it's college readiness or SAT prep. But we're also doing, um, you know, job placement. And, and, and workforce development and, you know, working with organizations like Equinor, who's coming to the story and bringing renewable power and Hydro Quebec that's bringing renewable power, you know, trying to see like how we can get our kids trained to be, uh, you know, the solar installers and the wind power, you know, uh, installers and what are the pathways and how they get into that trade, like how they get into Local 3 and, you know, you know, shout out to Local 3 and Michael Yee and, and, and Chris Erickson there. Um, 
you know, they like we want to find pathways for our kids to get those good middle class jobs to support a family with good benefits. And, you know, those are the jobs that build our communities and, and build, you know, intergenerational wealth. No when you have these good it. jobs. No doubt about it. And I have a lot of friends and family members who are local three electricians and, and uh, you know, they have a great lifestyle. And, and they love what they do and they're making infrastructure and, and supporting infrastructure for the city and the growth of the city. Right. So that's important. The United Way of Long Island has a program that and I'm trying to do this right here on the spot. And I don't know how well it's going to work, but they have a program where they're training folks to work in those renewable fields, because there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on here in Long Island. So we should talk about that offline, you and me. Definitely. Because, I, you know, from what you're talking about, these companies coming in, what were the companies that are coming in? Mention them again. I'm sure it's uh, Equinor. Um, who made a great investment with the Boys and Girls Club. They, they, they invested a $1.75 million for our new building, um, to build our new media and technology lab. Uh, at TDI, Hydro-Quebec, uh, they're going to be building a brand new uh, renewable energy lab with us for $1.25 million, which we're very grateful for their support. Attentive Energy and, and uh, Renewable Ravenswood are coming in, investing $1.5 million in our teens. Um, so they're coming in, um, you know, not just talking about, you know, they're doing good work and bringing in uh, renewable energy to the community, but they're also making investments in the community to train the kids who have been impacted by those power plants we talked about earlier across the street from their house yeah. to, to build renewable energy and to get those good jobs building. I love that. That's Again, these companies, put your money where your mouth is, get involved in the community, and I love to hear that. So we're going to take a break when we come back. I think that's a great segue into what I want to talk about, the future of the organization, what what do you need? How can we help, right? And then also this building that you and I talked about earlier this morning for a moment or two before we got started, uh, because it's going to be an incredible boon to the community from what you're, you've shared with me already. Uh, so let's let's leave them right on the edge. Gang, come right back to hear the big story. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections. 
Rocking my hoodie. Right, boys and girls. Club of Queens. All right, so Costa Constantinidis, CEO of Ride Boys and Girls Club. We're going to finish this show off in this segment here. This is an organization currently serves 4,000 young people. However, in his leadership, he has helped secure millions in capital funding towards this reimagined clubhouse that will serve not 4,000 young people, but 16,000 young people. We're going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about this building. Before we do, I shared in the chat for you, and I just want to shout it out. It's United Way Long Island has a program called Power Up, which is a wind, solar, and renewables program. Love to hook you up with the team over there because maybe there's something you guys can collaborate on. Um, I love that. Yeah, let's work that out. We'll make that happen. So, but the building, well, I, I've seen the plans. I'm super excited to just be kind of in the know a little bit on this. You're talking to me about Equinor, TDI, Hydro, Quebec, all these companies coming together writing the checks, supporting the STEM programs. Give me the vision, your vision, your board's vision about what this building's all about. You know, really, you know, Walter and Steve Zimmerman and, and other members of our board, uh, you know, really put this vision together 10 years ago. Because um, I really looked at the, the club during the day and said, you know, it's empty until we start. Mm-hmm. All right. Until so we're after school program. So how do we, how do we build something that maybe is going to be used 24-7? Um, so, they came up with this, this vision that I've been so lucky to be able to contribute to and be able to move forward. Um, but, you know, talking about the first planetarium in Queens, uh, a thousand seat sports arena, uh, a regulation pool, a 200 seat uh, black box theater, uh, the Biobus, a bat cave, uh, shout out to Grubhub who's supporting our teaching kitchen. Uh, we appreciate the investment there for our new building. Um, we're going to have, uh, renewable energy learning labs, all the buildings going to be renewable, uh, uh, 100% uh, 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 fossil fuel free, um, you know, be renewable energy the whole way. Um, you know, this building, we're hopefully it's going to be transformative and it's going to serve, like you talked about, 16,000 kids because like there are 8,000 kids below the poverty line uh, in our catchment area. And, you know, we're not able to serve everyone right now. At 4,000, we're at our limit. We, we are in this building's been there since 1955. Our boiler has been there since 1955. It costs us like 300K a year just to like maintain our current building. That's not a sustainable uh, uh, model. So we got we to gotta grow. We got to serve more kids. We got to be there for them. So this new building allowed us to serve 16,000 kids. And our goal um, with all of our sites, with all that we do is to serve 30,000 kids by 2030. That's, that's the mission. So the planetarium, the black box theater, the thousand seat arena, right? But there's also what what's above the building as we go up into sort of air rights. What's up there? Yeah. So we're going to have 229 units of fully affordable housing. Um, 80 AMI or below. For those of you that aren't like zoning yeah. folks in New York City, yeah. that means like two bedrooms for like 1200 bucks. So that that's there's not a whole lot of those going around these days in New York City. And the thing is, though, there's such a need for for this type of for this housing. You know, I, I mean, not to get on the uh, kind of the soapbox again, but there's one of these things where we need to make housing more affordable for people. It just doesn't make sense. And I, and I hail from Nassau County, so it's even more you know, challenging out here, I think, for folks. So 229 units, all affordable housing. Are we like what? It, and there's this piece about. Um, 
about the young people who are aging out of foster care. Talk to me about that because we haven't talked about that on the yeah. show. We talked about it earlier. So 229, um, so 229 total, but of that, 60 of them are set aside as a supportive unit for young people aging out of foster care who are one of the most vulnerable populations to homelessness in the city of New York. We're going to have uh, ICL, our nonprofit partner, uh, who's going to come in and provide them wraparound services, so mental health, uh, financial literacy, you know, college access, job training, workforce development, um, you know, well-being, and just really be there for them to help them get to that next step, right? It'll be their first apartment out of foster care. You know, they'll have a, they'll have the same opportunity every other kid does to succeed and, you know, get there, you know, go after their dreams. Yeah. I, you know, I know that population has some challenges. I mean, at 18 years old, they're, they're now out of foster care. Am I right? Is it 18? Yeah. So I joked with you earlier today, you know, for better or for worse, I didn't move out of my parents' house till I was 28. <laughs> so 30 for me. 30, you know. <laughs> Listen, when your mom still does the laundry and stuff like that, it's no rush to get the heck out of there. At least in my world, it wasn't. Uh, you know, you live in an Italian, Greek, you know, you're not supposed to leave until you get married. That's just the way it is. You don't go out on your own. That's not that's a foreign concept. And that's when I left, when I got married. We, we, I moved out of Nassau County and we bought an apartment in Glen Oaks, Queens. So in Glen Oaks Village. So right, right <laughs> across Island Parkway there. So I, I'll tell you, um, it, it's... 18 years old and and having you know gone through foster care you know for all the blessings of family sometimes it's very difficult for young people who are, who are through the system like that yeah that you say wraparound services because it's one thing to give somebody housing but we need to support them so they can grow and and whether it be vocational or mental health as you say or financial support like um financial education you know and it's not so different than the folks you're serving already like where are you going to go next what do you want to do next how can we support you how can we give you that leg up right exactly i mean that yeah oh every one of these kids um you know deserve the opportunity to seek out whatever future they want whatever that dream looks like right whether it's you know whether it's a lawyer or a doctor an engineer or you know working as a plumber or electrician all of these jobs are important jobs all these jobs are futures that every child should have the opportunity to, to succeed at and to get to. So we want them to give them that pathway that they can chase whatever dream it is, whatever that looks like, we want to be there for them. So that's our mission. And we're really excited about um, the popular possibility of, you know, going into construction, you know, late this year, early next, and to hopefully have this building open by 2026 and ready to rock and roll and serve the community. What is it? A couple of years to build this building or what? It's probably about two, two and a half, you know, it's New York City construction. So I say two and a two and a half with both fingers crossed. <laughs> there might be some change orders as you're going through a big project like this one. Yeah. I, I want, we got two minutes left, minute and a half. I want you to just tell me real quick, anything you need, any connections in the city maybe we can make for you. I, you know, you're pretty wired in yourself, but anybody or anything we might be able to help with. And, you know, you know, just anything that anyone's able to bring to the table, you know, you know, we, we are appreciative of it. I mean, we had a, a great, the motion picture club earlier this year, uh, you know, they donated, you know, uh, costumes okay. to, you know, uh, ballerina costumes. And we had our fashion club carved them up and made beautiful, uh, you, know, you know, creations of their own, whatever it is, big or small, millions of dollars or time. And, you know, or, you know, whatever you can do, that's what we need. You know, anytime you take an interest in our young kids, it goes a long way. You may have the next Vera Wang or Tommy Hilfiger in your midst right there in Astoria. Who knows, right? We never know. 
It's about accessibility and opportunity. Give these kids options, give them access, and then they will do great things and be great parts of our future. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Costa. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate all the work you're doing and really being, as we said a couple times throughout the show, the public servant, you know, servant leadership. I love that term, servant leadership. You know what? Leading from the front, but taking care of everybody and reaching back and bringing people forward. Anything else you want to say, sir, before we head out? No, Tommy, thank you so much. This, I had a real blast. Man. This was a lot of fun. Thank <laughs> you for having me on, really. Thank you for all that you're doing to do this and connect us. I, I am thrilled to, to know you and I'm thrilled to be a part of what you're doing in any way I can. And, and it, this is one of those ways. Everybody, do me a favor. Make it a great day. Make it a great weekend. Get involved in your community. You don't have to go out and do 60 days of nonprofit service. That's what some people want to do like this guy. But you might want to go out and do a day, a quarter, a day, a month, a day, a week. Maybe that's 52 days if you do a day a week. Anyway, I'm like a math magician here. Make it a great day. Get involved. Be the change you want to see in the world. Take care. Have a great one. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. On edge. Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 